This is Episode 3, Day 3 of our Chronological Bible Studies. The title is Remove and Renew. This is Rodney Harrier, the author and host. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to ChronologicalBibleStudies.com, the audio version. Thank you for joining me. The Bible reading for today is Genesis 6, 9 through 9, 17. Resolutions come in different forms, but the goals are often to remove and renew. We may go to the gym to remove extra pounds and restore our bodies. We may diet, get involved in an exercise program, or change our habits to get back into shape. Other kinds of resolutions are to remove old habits or associations and begin anew. However, what happens when we do nothing? At the very least, we will not enjoy the benefits of accomplishing our goals. In extreme cases, we may destroy ourselves. In the time of Noah, wickedness was extreme. There was a need to remove and renew all of life on the earth. The Lord saw how great man's wickedness on the earth had become and that every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil all the time. The Lord was grieved that he had made man on the earth, and his heart was filled with pain. So the Lord said, I will wipe mankind whom I have created from the face of the earth, men and animals, and creatures that move along the ground, and birds of the air, for I am grieved that I have made them. The people were totally corrupt, and no amount of effort could change it. However, God saves Noah, his wife, his sons, and their wives, eight individuals. Why does he only save Noah's family? Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked with God. Genesis 6, 8 through 9. The Lord confides to Noah, I am going to bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens every creature that has the breath of life in it. Everything on earth will perish, but I will establish my covenant with you, and you will enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. Genesis six seventeen through 18 Noah did everything just as God commanded him. Genesis six twenty two. He was attentive to please God in even the most minor details. The Almighty asked Noah to do some strange things in the eyes of the world. He is told to build an enormous boat, one and a half times the length of a football field, 75 feet wide and 45 feet high. Noah is a preacher of righteousness, 2 Peter 2.5. When he is not building the boat, he warns all the people to repent or be consumed by a flood, even when there are no indications of any such calamity. Then God brings Noah every kind of land animal, creature, and bird. Is Noah starting a zoo? This is probably what the people wondered. No matter how much he was mocked, Noah did all that the Lord commanded him. Genesis 7.5 Could we do that? It is easy to live for God when surrounded by Christians, but it is challenging to live for Him when surrounded by wickedness. Can we obey God when we know we will be mocked and ridiculed? Do we want to be friends with the world or friends with God? James 4.4 4, 1 John 2.15 If we walk in God's ways and do all that the Lord commands us to do, he will favor us. His commands are in His Word, the Bible. The Lord instructs Noah to build the ark to save himself and his family. Then he is to pack all the provisions they will need. 
He also keeps two of every male and female representative animal and bird and seven pairs of clean, meaning unblemished, animals and birds for sacrifice to the Lord. After God shuts them in the ark, a worldwide flood comes upon the earth and all the creatures die, save for those in the ark. For over a year, Noah, his family, and all the animals live in the ark. God is faithful to them, for they are kept safe until the ark lands on the mountains of Ararat, somewhere in the Middle East. Do we want God to favor us? We must be faithful. After the flood, God establishes a new covenant with humanity. In the covenant he established with Adam and Eve, all humanity, creatures on the earth's surface, and the birds ate plants. Genesis 1.30 In the covenant given to Noah, Genesis 9.1-17, all people are allowed to eat meat. In Eden, animals were friendly with people. Now there is fear between the two. In the past corruption, there was no evidence of government controlling people's behavior. There was wickedness everywhere on earth. In the covenant God establishes with Noah, however, the Lord institutes government and capital punishment for those who kill other human beings, that is, with premeditation, for instance, murder. Last and most important, in this new covenant is a promise of peace. The violent judgment the Almighty shot against the world is over. He hangs up his bow in the clouds. The rainbow is a bow of peace, a sign God gave that he will never again destroy the whole world with a flood, even if men are evil. This provides us with some comfort, although we may still have local regional flooding. Later another covenant would offer us peace, the new covenant given by Jesus. Here are some takeaway lessons. We have to remove the old to make things new. Do we feel like God is disciplining us? Perhaps he wants to make us new. We need to submit to his discipline and pray for him to save us or make us better Christians. God is gracious and he saves the righteous. If we walk righteously before him, we can also have his favor and establish a godly line. The Lord is a promise-keeping God. He will save and give us peace if we turn away from wickedness and call upon him. He will save us from our sins and the flood of destruction in our lives. Like the boat, Jesus saves. Like the door, Jesus is the only way we can be kept safe from eternal destruction. If we accept Christ's sacrifice on the cross for us, he will give us his covenant of peace. We must get on the boat to be saved. Like the bow in the clouds, the Holy Spirit seals his promise to us. We will not be wiped out as others in their destruction. Ephesians 1.13 Instead, we will be awakened to live a new life both now and forever with him in an eternity. In note, for insights into many of the questions regarding Noah, the ark, and the flood, read the informative article, Was There Really a Noah's Ark and Flood? by Ken Ham and Tim Levitt in the October 11, 2007 of Answers in Genesis. The focus verses for today are Proverbs 14.32, When calamity comes, the wicked are brought down, but even in death the righteous have a refuge, and Proverbs 27, the righteous man leads a blameless life, blessed are his children after him. Join me in a prayer response to today's Bible study. Father in heaven, we praise the wonder of your grace and power. You do not desire the death of anyone, but you wish all to come to repentance, so they may know their creator, and you can bless them. I pray we would also desire to save the lost and bring them on the boat to be saved. Lord, you are the door by which we may enter. 
Give us compassion and love for others to share with them how to be saved. Forgive us for any failings in this area and help us to forgive people for their sins against us. Lead us from the temptation to be callous toward their eternal destinies and deliver us from evil so we may be ready to be saved and to serve. You are the power and the glory forever. Amen. A look ahead. Noah was a righteous man, but not all his sons followed in his footsteps. In our next lesson, we look at family trees. Join us. How can we better ensure our branch will be a godly line? Thank you for tuning in to this audio version of the Chronological Bible Studies. And remember to listen for the voice of God found in the Word of God. He will bless you if you are obedient. Thank you. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcasts so you can download and listen to them as soon as they're available.